Hi, I'm Brett Johnson, former United States Most Wanted cyber criminal, now good guy. Or, as the United States Secret Service called me, the original internet godfather. Now, how did I get that title? 39 felonies, a place on the United States Most Wanted list, an escape from prison, and I built and ran the first organized cybercrime community. It was called Shadow Group. It was a precursor of today's dark web and dark web markets. It laid the foundation for the way modern cybercrime channels operate today. Those 39 felonies had to do with refining modern financial cybercrime as we now know it. Account takeovers, credit card theft, phishing schemes, tax return, identity theft, stimulus fraud, synthetic fraud, you name it. I was on the ground floor of developing, refining, and implementing it. And yes, oh yes, that stuff does get one sent to prison, deservedly so. Now look, there's a whole story behind all that that we don't have time to go into today because today, right now, it's time for the Brett Johnson Show. Today's episode, let's see what happens when a former United States Most Wanted cyber criminal takes the dark triad test on this next episode of the Brett Johnson Show. All right, so we are back to the Brett Johnson Show. Today's episode, taking the dark triad test. And let me tell you, it's going to be one hell of a doozy. This test measures Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. That's right. It's going to tell you how much or if you're a psychopath. So needless to say, time for Brett Johnson to take that test. It's not a question of if I'm on the scale. The question is how far up the scale I am. So we're going to find that out today. And Hey, I'm not just pulling that test out of my ass. A friend of mine reached out over the weekend. I was at the NRF conference. A friend of mine reached out and he, he, he basically asked me, he was like, hey, I'm teaching a cybersecurity class right now. I'm having all the students take this test. Would you take this test so that we have something to compare it to and discuss? And I was like, you know what? I'll do that. So we're going to take it live on the show and we're going to talk about it. But before we get to the dark triad test. There's some other stuff we got to discuss. As most people that watch my show probably know, I am now on Netflix. I'm on the show Web of Make Believe. I think the episodes are number five and number six. It's the Stingray episodes. The story itself is about Daniel Rigmaiden. Daniel Rigmaiden was a fraudster who committed tax return identity theft. I'm the guy who started tax return identity theft. Nothing to be proud of, but I taught Daniel how to do it. And after I taught him how to do it, I set his ass up so he would get arrested. So the show is about that. It's a very good show. Ron Howard's production company is one who's done it. Please tune in. Now, I'm bringing it up again, not to advertise it, but because I've had some friends and contacts on social media who have kind of mentioned that the show tends to tends toward making Daniel a bit of a hero, some, some sort of folk hero or something like that. Hey, I, I don't agree with that. I don't. Uh, my part in the show, I recorded, uh, they flew to Alabama for the recording. I recorded about six, seven hours straight, and I made it very clear in the interview that, you know, I thought while I was impressed with what Daniel did. So those who do not know, Daniel defended himself, and he ends up getting out of basically a 20-year sentence. He has to do a few years in the county jail, but he doesn't serve 20 years. And you can watch this show to see what happened. It's a very, very good show. 
I do not agree with making him a bit of a hero because he wasn't. You're not a hero because you steal money. You're not. Now, the government used some, some questionable antics to locate the gentleman, not antics, but technology. Specifically, they used a Stingray device, which they're very, very careful about not sharing any information on. It's a very privacy intrusive device. Very, very privacy intrusive. If you, uh, if you care anything about your privacy at all, this device should worry you. So I think that what the producers did on the show and the director is in, in worry of that device and how the device was used, they kind of painted Daniel as a bit of a hero. And he's not. He's not. I personally think I'm glad he, look, I'm not for anybody serving a lot of prison time. I'm not. Should he have gotten a higher sentence? Yes, he should have. But you know what? He's out. And I really hope the gentleman has turned his life around. I truly do. I truly do. I, don't, I wish nothing but, but good toward the guy. And I hope that he's doing well. I just wanted to share that before we move on. The other thing that really got my attention over the weekend, of course, the Supreme Court off the fucking chain right now. They have shot down Roe v. Wade. I just read on uh, on Drudge Report that they've uh, they said, "Hey, you cannot ban prayer on a playing field." And hey, I'm okay with that. I am. I I don't have a problem with that. I think that it's uh, that's the problem, right? Is we live in a country now, and maybe it's like this across the planet. We live in a world now where there is no middle ground, where we cannot take a common sense approach to anything. You're either for me or you're against me. If you don't believe exactly what I want you to believe, you are my enemy. And there's something wrong with that. There's something horribly wrong with that. The reason I mention this is, okay, the, the Supreme Court justices, they shot down Roe v. Wade. Now, there's been a lot of protests. And personally, you know, my opinion on abortion, I flip on it. I do. I, and I think I'm more common sense than that. I think that I think we should live in a world where as long as you're not hurting someone, you should be allowed to do whatever the hell you want to do. Leave people alone. Let them live their lives. Now, of course, the argument is, well, Brett, that's an unborn child. That's a life. Well, you know what? I am not going to argue with you on that. I'm not. It, this, you know, you've got, you've got the, the people who are anti-abortion that are saying that it's murder, that it is a living being in the womb. And I cannot argue that because there is a point where it becomes such. I will say that if you're using the Bible to try to support that, that you are way the hell off base. The Bible does not support that. The Bible is very clear in calling that unborn child or that, that life in the womb property, not life, all right, which I think is incorrect. But do not come to me trying to make a biblical argument for that because you fail miserably at that point. At the same time, do not come to me and say, hey, it's not a life until it's actually coming out of the womb because we know that shit ain't right either. I don't know why we can't get a common sense approach to these things. I really don't. And I think a lot of it comes with getting rid of a lot of the, the chatter and the propaganda that comes around from both sides. Get rid of the bullshit. Concentrate on what you really need to concentrate on. Me, personally, I support abortion. I do. I support that. 
But I also understand that, hey, understand what the hell you're doing. Understand what you're doing. If you're, if you're one of these people that, uh, that you're using abortion as a means of birth control, and hell, I don't know if anyone is doing that, but you're having one every six months, I think that's a friggin' problem. But you, we've got states now that are trying to outlaw abortion that you cannot have one if the child is threatening the mother's life. There's something wrong with that. I, I, my stepson's got a friend in Texas. His wife is his friend's wife is pregnant. The placenta is is eating the child, and I guess it's it's cannibalizing the mother as well. It will kill the mother. But she cannot have an abortion in the state of Texas because of those laws. She has to wait up until a certain point when it becomes life-threatening, truly life-threatening, and everyone knows, hey, this is going to happen. So she can't abort that, that baby right now unless she goes out of state, and that's what they're going to do. But there are several states that are looking like they are going to prosecute individuals who even leave the state to have that done. There's something wrong with this picture. It's so wrong that the people, and it's not just the right wing that's all screwed up. We've got people on the left wing that are screwed up too, rioting in the streets right now. You've got a lot of violence. I saw a video on TikTok, a guy's just trying to drive through a crowd. They attack his truck. Well, hey, I'm of the same opinion this guy is. You start trying to attack me. I'm in a truck. You're on the ground, truck versus human. Who do you think wins that war? Well, that's exactly who won that war. Truck wins all the time. I also saw what really got me so bad was I was TikTok's my little bathroom go-to. I'm using the restroom and hey, I'm throwing up the TikTok. Don't really care if the Chinese government owns it. Don't really care if the Chinese is capturing all of my information because I got to tell you, I'm hooked on that freaking TikTok. It's the algorithms are outstanding on it. But I was flipping through the shit and I came across this, this one video where they had doxed the Supreme Court justices. They had the picture of the judge and then they had the judge's home address there. And it was truly one of the most shocking things that I have seen online in a while because I understood the, the severity of that. You've got a lot of people that are angry right now and some of those people do not have the capacity to think rationally or logically. They are going to react out of anger and emotion and the likelihood of some son of a bitch loading up some firearms and going to pay one of these judges a visit, that could happen. Matter of fact, we saw it happen a few weeks ago with Kavanaugh. So now we've got idiots out there posting their addresses. And this goes back to this law in Congress that they won't pass because it's not protecting Congress. No, we've got to protect our law enforcement and our judges. You may not agree with them, but that does not mean that you can pull bullshit like that. If you don't agree with them, put people in office who will change the law. That seems to be the problem, right? I mean, we've got the, the Democrats so damn worried about national politics that they basically gave up the interior of America. Trump figures out a way to make that win because, hey, Democrats on the coast, they are that laptop generation. They don't care about middle America anymore. They, they abandoned that and they abandoned state politics. So at the same time, it was never a secret. You had all the Republicans loading up, putting people in charge, everything else, so that if they, they ever got a chance, they would be able to knock this shit down. And that's exactly what happened. Just my two cents on that. Just my two cents. I think we should take a common sense approach. It's like with gun laws. 
We had the Supreme Court shut down the New York carry law. I can't say I disagree with that, but at the same time, I support fully background checks. This boyfriend rule where, where it used to be the, boy, the boyfriend could be connect, uh, convicted of domestic abuse, be living with the person that he's beating the hell out of all the time, and still go get a firearm. There's something wrong with that. We need to have these background checks. You need to make sure you know that, that the person you're giving a handgun or a rifle to is not some freaking nut someplace that's going to shoot up stuff. But at the same time, we need to understand that, that I don't think firearms are the problem. We've always had firearms in this country. And it's not firearms. It's not video games. It's not movie. It's not music. There's something that has happened over these generations that we're now at this point where we're having these mass shootings. It's not the ubiquity of guns because we've already always had guns in our society. As a matter of fact, when my father was a child, he used to be able to take his rifle to school. They used to have shooting classes, things like that. And that's not been that long ago, but something has changed over the years. So we need to figure out what these underlying reasons are and address those and attack those while at the same time, making sure we've got proper things in place that we know that if someone gets a gun or we have a good idea that they're not gonna go out and shoot up everything. Just talking about a common sense approach. That's just my thought. My thought is, is that we had this guy, there was this guy in this book and I'm a big guy about saying we need to treat each other the way we'd like to be treated. And as a matter of fact, there was a guy in a book at one point that said that. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And guess what? They hung him shortly after he said that. So I'm not sure if, you know, shit, I'm not sure if what I'm saying is going to make a lot of sense or be listened to or anything else. I'm just a former U.S. most wanted criminal that's trying to turn his life around. But I figure I'd need to just say that. So much bullshit going on out there right now. Viewer comment, I had a guy named KC, letter K-S-E-E. -E. He asked a question. He's like, hey, do you miss fraud? Not just the way that, uh, not just committing fraud and victimizing people, but basically the puzzle solving everything else. So, dude, it got to the point where it was no longer puzzles. I'm way past the puzzle solving on fraud. I know it. I can do it. I can profit by it. So it no longer has that temptation. It didn't have that temptation the last few years. I was a, a fraudster. All right. So that's out. I, I am a puzzle guy. I love puzzles. I love working at, uh, working through problems and things like that. I really, that's one of my things, you know? Um, so no, I don't, I don't miss it and add in when I was, when I was committing fraud, I was, uh, I did not care about the victims. Now, that's, that's one of the things I guess I'm not supposed to say because I'm asked that all the time. Hey, well, did you ever have any remorse? Well, you know, the, the, the liar would say, oh, yeah, I always felt sorry about my victims. No, the truth is, is that when you're doing that, when I committed crime, I did not care about the victims. It took me going to prison. It took uh, people like my sister, my wife, the FBI, and then the people I work with today, my support group and everything else that really gets me to understand the consequences of my actions. And, you know, I went to prison in that thought process of being, of being locked up and you've got nothing to do, but think all the time, you know, thinking about what had happened and realizing that I was the person that put myself behind bars, realizing the, the harm I caused myself, my family, my friends, people that I knew, people that I didn't know, 
that you add in that and it i i don't miss fraud committing crime at all at all i mean at, at the last days the last couple of years i was doing it it was just a chore i i didn't like it i hated it but that's what i did that was my career and i kept justifying that you know I, i'm doing it for my wife i'm doing it for my family i'm doing it for my stripper girlfriend it took me a while to figure out no i'm doing it for me i chose to victimize all those people and and facing that i'm going to tell you facing that realizing it and facing it and coming to terms with it and accepting that i chose to hurt people that is a very tough pill to swallow and i swallow it every single day every day so no i don't uh, i don't re regret stepping away from crime i don't uh, miss it i don't do anything else i, I wish that uh, i wish i would have came to terms and been a better been a better person sooner in my life than I have, but I finally got here. You know, I'm still getting here. And I, I fully believe that we're here for two purposes. I've said this before. I'll say it again. We're here for two reasons. We're here to know who we are. You know, Rene Descartes said, know thyself. I believe that's one of the primary reasons we are on this planet. Know thyself. The other thing that we're here for, the other reason is to help, not hurt. We're here to help our fellow human beings. And if we're not doing that, something's wrong. We've not gotten to that level yet. I mean, I don't know if we, you know, we fell at that, if we come back for another go around or what have you, but I think that that's why we're here. So that being said, let's talk about the dark triad test. So I was at NRF, the National Retail Federation Conference. I had a buddy of mine, Tim Leonard, down in Nacogdoches, Texas, which is a beautiful area in Texas. He calls me up while I'm at the conference. He's like, hey, Brett. And I'm like, hey, Tim, because I hadn't heard from the guy in oh, well, over a year. And uh, he was like, look, man, he said, I'm teaching this cybersecurity class, and I'm going to have the students are going to take this dark triad test. So he's, he's talking to me, and I know immediately what the dude's going to ask. He's going to ask, hey, would you take this test too? And I'm like... So I know it's coming and I'm starting to think immediately I'm picturing, you know, Hannibal Lecter talking to Clary Starling. Oh, you think you can dissect me with this blunt little two agent Starling? So I'm like, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. So he, he finally leads into it. And he's like, so I was wondering, Brett, and I cut him off. I was like, Tim, I'd be more than happy to take the test. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, shoot it over to me. I'll take it right now. So he's like, man, I really appreciate it. And I, so I started immediately thinking, I was like, well, what is the damn test? And he's like, well, it measures narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. And I'm sitting there going, shit, that, that test looks, sounds like it's made just for Brett Johnson. So I'm, I'm a little worried about it because I'm like, okay, how am I going to come off? How bad is it going to be? So, and I mentioned to him, I was like, look, man, I said, I'll be honest about it. I want you to know I'm going to be honest about the test. But at the same time, I, the people that you're giving it to, you're really going to have to watch because you're asking somebody to admit, you know, that they're by my bam taking a, a test. And he's like, man, it's built into the test. You know, it's, it measure, helps measure psychopathy and things like that. They're lying. I'm like, okay, shoot the test over. So I told Tim, I was like, look, what we'll do, I'll do a show on the dark triad test. And we'll talk about it. We'll actually take the test on the show and talk about the results, go from there. So that's what the show is. <laughs> we'll find out how much of a nutcase Brett Johnson is. So that being said, let's talk, let's define. I pulled up, 
I'm going to have in the show notes, I'm going to have a couple of YouTube videos of people talking about the dark triad. I'm going to have a link to the dark triad test in case anyone out there wants to take it, which, hey, why not? It's kind of fun. It's only 27 questions. And I'll have a link to the Wikipedia definition of it. So, um, and where it talks about it, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia now, reading off of it. And just so everyone is on the same page, what it says is, is it says in psychology, the dark triad compromises or comprises the personality traits of narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. They are called dark because of their malevolent qualities. No shit. Research on the dark triad is used in applied psychology, especially here I go, especially within the fields of law enforcement, clinical psychology, and business management. I didn't realize business management, but I mean, you could peg that law enforcement all the time. People scoring high on these traits are more likely to commit crimes, hmm. cause social distress, and create severe problems for organizations, especially if they are in leadership positions. They also tend to be less compassionate, agreeable, empathetic, satisfied with their lives, and less likely to believe they and others are good. So again, here I am, I'm reading that, and I'm like, okay, it's not a question of if I'm on the scale, it's a question of how high up I'm on the scale. Shit, they may, may need to make a new scale just for this guy. So I'm like, okay, I'll take it, and we're going to take it right now. So we're pulling over. I'm going to share the screen as we talk about this, and we're going to take this test walk through. Now, so it says this is the this is the website. I'll have a link to the website in the show notes as well. It says down here that the median time to complete is two minutes and 27 seconds. Results are free. Look, we are not going to complete this test in two minutes and 27 seconds today because I'm going to talk through. I'm going to read the question out loud. If I feel that I need to, because let's be honest, if you've ever taken one of these questions before, there are some gray areas. You're sitting there going, well, what about this? Well, what about that? I'm going to do that as we're taking the test so that people understand what I'm thinking, what happened. I want to say before we do this that I do think that my answers now would are different than they would be if I were still a criminal because I've really come to terms with a lot of the harm that I caused in my life, a lot of the, uh, you know, the consequences of my actions, things like that. So I just wanted to be clear about that, that I do think that the answers then compared to now are different. I don't know, but we're going to start taking the test. So here, here we go. Let me blow this up. So everybody's got, can look at the screen. Everything's nice and big on the screen, Brady. All right. So here we go. Start test. 27 questions. So first question is, it is, it's not wise to tell your secrets. Now, I just said, <laughs> I just said, probably be different if I were a criminal compared to now. And if I were a criminal, I would strongly agree. You do not want to tell your secrets. But, you know, now that I'm a good guy, I'm, I'm the only place I'm really not completely open is with the people who are most important to me. You'll find that on my show, if I'm on a stage, if I'm on an interview, that I'm, I'm open about everything. And that's simply because that's my outlet. That's where I, I it, for me, it's a type of therapy. I have trouble sharing things with, uh, with family. 
simply because those people are closer to me. I actually went through counseling for this. Uh, those people are more important to me and I worry about how they might judge me. So it's, it's far harder for me to share things with those, my family than it is on a stage or on this show. I mean, I'm very open on this. I don't have the secrets like that. So I'm going to say, because of what I'm doing now and because of that, I'm going to say slightly disagree. People see me as a natural leader. I'm going to say agree on that. I mean, I, I ran Shadow Crew. I was the leader of that. I've never been a sheeple. I've never followed people. I've always set my own path. Uh, I don't ask or demand people to follow me, but a lot of the times they do, especially with that criminal environment. And now that I'm on the good guy's side, I'm, I'm very well respected in the cyber security communities and industry. So I'm going to say agree on that. I like to get revenge on authorities. I disagree completely. I don't... Uh, I don't have the time, inclination, or I'm not just, I don't care. You know, somebody, authorities, I screwed them over. Why would I ever try to get revenge? And that, if you're trying to get revenge on somebody that's in authority position or law enforcement or anything else like that, I just, it's not going to end well. So I'm going to click disagree. I like to use clever manipulation to get my way. Well, certainly when I was a criminal, that was true. <laughs> certainly. I am, I am one of those social engineers, one of those liars. Um, today, you know, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, if I'm given a presentation or a webinar, I'm trying to get the people who are listening to me to do what, I, what I'm talking about, you know, change your passwords. Uh, freeze your credit, you know, be aware of your environment online and offline. So I think I am working toward trying to manipulate those people. Um, I tell the truth about it, but still I, I fashion that presentation or that talk toward that goal of accomplishing that, of getting people to be more secure, of, of understanding the way cybercrime operates. So I'm going to say because it's not the same type of uh, manipulation I was doing when I was a criminal of constantly bam, 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 and underhandedly doing that. I'm going to say slightly agree. I hate being the center of attention. You know, I don't, uh, I'm going to say new. Uh, here's the thing. I, 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 I come off as an extrovert, but I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm kind of a shy person. I don't, uh, I, try, I have an on switch. I'm fighting my introversion by showing extreme extroversion. And uh, when I'm on a stage or anything else like that, hey, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll take that focal point. But you know, when I'm through with the conference or anything else, I'm usually back at my hotel. I don't really, uh, I play games. I read a book, uh, surf the web, do TikTok, or I'm out, you know, I have dinner by myself. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think so. So I'm going to say, um, We'll say neutral on that simply because, uh, you know, I, I don't hate it, but um, I don't seek it out either. Okay. So neutral, I avoid dangerous situations. I don't think I can, I don't think I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I no, no, I don't avoid dangerous situations. You know, I, I'm on criminal environments all the time. I broke the law most of my life. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, 
shy away from bad neighborhoods or anything else like that. So I'm going to say disagree. Whatever it takes, you must get the important people on your side. I completely disagree with that. I don't care who you are. I mean, I don't care what your position is. I don't care how important, how unimportant. Here's what my belief is. I think that while you may be richer, more educated, or in a, a larger position of power than someone else, the only reason that you're there is because you were dealt a better hand in life. That's it. At the end of the day, that, that person that's a senator is really no different than that person that's living in a tent beside the road. It's just their lot in life ended up that way. So I'm going to completely disagree on that. Many group activities tend to be dull without me. I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, slightly disagree on that. I don't horribly disagree because I'm like, hey, I can be a fun guy. <laughs> so I'm going to slightly disagree. All right. Payback t- needs to be quick and nasty. I don't give a shit about payback. I don't. Uh, you can never, uh, the, the time and effort that it takes to worry about getting revenge or payback or anything else can is much better suited trying to do something else. Instead of worrying and dwelling on that, no, we're going to disagree on that. Avoid direct conflict with others because they may be useful in the future. Anyone who knows me knows that I, I say the shit that I'm going to say. I do what I'm going to do. I don't care who you are. If it, you know, if I've got a problem with you, you're going to know about it. I'm not going to be passive aggressive. You're going to know about it. So I'm going to disagree on that. And that we're now at question 11 out of 27. So I know that I'm special because everyone keeps telling me so. So here's the thing. I get a lot of feedback from speeches, from interviews, from this show, um, the jobs that I do with, with whatever organization or law enforcement group I'm working with, I get a lot of feedback saying, Hey, you're doing a great job. You're outstanding. Bam, bam, bam. That don't mean that I believe that shit. Okay. That don't mean that. Um, the truth is, is that, uh, I don't see myself like that at all, at all. And I keep working harder. Maybe I, I just don't, uh, I don't think I'm special at all. I don't. I think that uh, I think I'm about as far south as special as you can get. All right. So I appreciate the feedback that I get from people. And I, it really makes my day sometimes that I've helped somebody out. But I don't, uh, I don't consider myself special. So disagree. People often say I'm out of control. I have never heard anyone at all ever say that. So no, it's wise to keep track of information that you can use against people later. So that's one of the things about being a criminal, especially on the internet. When we were in shadow crew, we had vendors, especially fake driver's license vendor like that. That's a fake driver's license. We had fake driver's license vendors who would keep the pictures, addresses, and real names of the people who were buying driver's licenses. And I was always against that. I was like, we don't need to know who we're dealing with. If you're, if you're getting someone's personal information, you need to make sure you dump that as soon as possible. Don't keep it on your drives or anything else. But a lot of the times people kept that. I never did. I never knew the real names of my mods, of my admins, of my vendors, anything else like that. I didn't want that in case I was arrested. I didn't want the information that I could just give them up. So I didn't know any of that information unless some, somebody just friggin' told me who they were. And I had a few people that did that. 
but I, I don't agree with that. I don't think that I don't need to keep, I, I've got one hell of a memory. All right. So I don't need to keep track of information. I will remember if something has happened in the past, you know, if you come to me and need help or, or, or try to do the same thing to me again, if you've screwed me over, but people don't screw, screw me over. I'm, most people that I meet are very, very kind, charitable people. So I don't, I don't keep track of information to use against people later. I've never, ever done that in my entire life. So disagree. I like to get acquainted with important people. Nope. Disagree. Don't care how important, unimportant, rich, poor, whatever you are. I care about who you are, not what title you've got or the power that you've got in society. I don't give a damn. And like, I'll be honest, that may be one of the reasons that I've not shot up the ladder as quickly, but I, I like that. I like being me and not, uh, not having respect of persons per se. So we're going to disagree on that. We're at question 15. It's true. I can be mean to others. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, certainly when I was a criminal, but, uh, even, even today, if, um, if I think that I'm on the right side of something and someone comes out and says no or tells me not to do something, I can get uh, I can get mad and mean pretty quick, not screaming, yelling stuff, but hey, I can get pretty cold pretty quick. So I'm going to say agree on that. I don't like that, but that's just the way that is. You should wait for the right time to get back at people. Again, I don't I don't like the idea of getting back at people. You know, it's time and effort that is better put someplace else. I, tr I think that if it, you know, whatever's going to happen to them is going to happen to them. That'll, it'll, it'll, it'll come around at some point, you know, so the karma will bite them in the ass whatsoever. It certainly bit me in the ass. So uh, disagree on that. We're question 17. I feel embarrassed if someone compliments me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's uh, I often make fun of it. I'll play it off. I got to, uh, my, I went to see my cousin Francis a couple of years ago in Kentucky. I was having Thanksgiving dinner with her and she was telling me she was complimenting me. And I started, you know, making jokes about it. And she looks at me very seriously. And she was like, uh, you have trouble accepting compliments. And I looked at her and I was, I was like, yeah, I do. And, uh, she's like, just say, thank you. So that's what I, I'm, I'm very good now about saying, thank you. I still have trouble accepting compliments. And, uh, You'll see me on my comment section on YouTube or, you know, uh, um, Twitter, or anything else like that. I say thank you a lot when I'm complimented. And that's because I, I have a lot of, it's difficult for me to accept a compliment because I, a lot of the times I don't believe that about myself that's being said. Okay. So I'm going to agree. Number 18, people who mess with me always regret it. I don't think so. I'm not sure the federal government regretted it. So we're going to say slightly disagree on that. All right. Because at the same time, I could be an asshole back in the day. Um, there are things you should hide from other people because they don't need to know. Again, I think this goes back into um, my problems with sharing with the people who are most important to me. It's very difficult for me to open up to people who are close to me and people that I love because I fear that judgment while I'm very, I can very easily open up to this channel, to a stage, people watching me at interview, anything else like that, um, should hide from 
things you should hide from other people because they don't need to know. I'm going to slightly agree with that because um, there are things I don't talk about. I don't talk about past relationships a lot, except when it's, you know, on this channel, I don't talk about um, a lot of my prison experiences. Um, there's all kinds of things that I don't talk about. And I kind of use the answer. Sometimes I have used that answer. You just don't need to know it. You know, that's mine as personal, but it's also a defense mechanism for me of I'm trying to come to terms with it myself and uh, I share it when I can, as I can, in the way that I, in the way that I can. That's why, why I talk about it on this show or in an interview. So I'm going to say slightly agree to that. Okay. I've been compared to famous people. That's a fact. Frank Abernell and some others. So yes. Um, Number 21, I've never gotten into trouble with the law. Do I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll disagree because, yes, I have. You as most wanted. Uh, number 22, make sure your plans benefit you, not others. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. And even I think even when I was a criminal, I disagree. I, I did things that benefited me. And that's the weird thing about it. But at the same time, I'm this guy that really looked out for my tribe. My tribe back then was criminals. My tribe today are the good guys, consumers. You know, I'm spokesperson for AARP, everything else. So I, and, and when I do things, I don't worry. I don't think about, well, can this benefit me? I think about, does this help the person that I'm talking to? Or does this help people overall? So I'm going to disagree with that. I am an average person. Disagree. I don't think there's much average about me. Next question, number 24. I enjoy having sex with people I hardly know. So I'm monogamous, just so you know. <laughs> of course I am. But here's the thing. Um, I certainly did do that. I, I'm not proud about it but I certainly did do that. Maybe, uh, and it probably harkens back to my childhood. Um, I don't do it now, but I certainly did. So um, maybe slightly agree to that. That's what we'll do. Okay. Number 25, most people can be manipulated. I would say all people can be manipulated. I would say those who think they can't, are the most susceptible to be manipulated. The only thing is you have to figure out what the triggers are. What do I need to do to manipulate you? And I need to understand you enough, you know, your concerns, your fears, your worries, your hopes and dreams quickly in order to be able to do that. So I'm going to say agree. Number 26, I insist on getting the respect I deserve. No, I do not. I don't care if you respect me or not. I don't care if you like me. You don't like me. If you trust me, if you don't trust me, that's just me. I don't, I don't care about really the opinions of others anymore. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best job that I can. Um, if I'm respected because of that, that's fine. If you don't trust me for, for shit, that's fine too. I understand that. All right. But I'm not going to demand respect. I'm not going to do anything else like that. So we're going to say disagree. Final question. I'll say anything to get what I want. I have a history of not doing that. <laughs> you, know, you could ask the, the federal government who I screwed over and everything. I have a history of not saying what I need to say to get what I want. I'm going to say what needs to be said, regardless of who it might upset. So we're going to disagree with that. 
That's the test. All right, so here we go. Let's go ahead and get the results. So the results, okay. All right, score summary. So scores on each scale are reported here from a one low to a five high. This is how scores were reported in the original article that introduced the SD3, uh, but they are sometimes reported in other ways. To help interpret the scores, percentiles, re percentiles relative to the other people who have used this website and U.S. adults are also provided. So there's a nice little graph here that separates Machiavellianism, the narcissism, and the psychopathy. We scaled down, it tells what each one is. So Machiavellianism is the personality trait of being unprincipled and manipulative, cynical, and acceptance of by whatever means necessary, which I used to say that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's basically the same thing. Um, or, or let's see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. That's another way to say that. It is named after the French uh, uh, philosopher, blah, blah, or the Italian philosopher, blah, blah, blah. Narcissism is the personality trait of vanity, self-superiority, entitlement, dominance, and a craving of admiration and submission. People high in narcissism believe that they deserve more than anyone else because they are better than everybody else. Uh, the trait is named after Roman, blah, blah, blah. And then psychopathy. Psychopathy is the personality trait of being low empathy and high impulsivity. It is a persistent pattern of deviant behavior and a disregard for others. Okay, so down here, we've got a scale with a mean and everything else. So the way we scored, whoops, the way we scored Machiavellianism on a scale of one to five, we scored a 2.2. I don't seem that bad. Narcissism, I'm a little high in that. <laughs> I mean, we can probably guess that. A little high, 2.7 out of a scale of one to five. So I'm averaging a little bit higher on that. And I guess, I mean, you got to figure, yeah, that's probably right. Because, I mean, you got to have an ego to do the shit that I did. You got to have an ego to do the shit that I do now. You know, there's, a, I'm doing a one-man YouTube show and I'm thinking it's going to succeed. I mean, that takes a degree of narcissism to believe that shit and have ego enough to do it, to try to, to, try to get it off the ground and to do it. And then psychopathy, a 2.2 out of one to five. So going down here to the averages, the, a weighted average of these samples produce the following norms. So the norm mean for Machiavellianism, most people will get a 2.96. We've got a 2.2. So I'm actually a little lower on that. Um, the mean and there's the and the standard deviation is 0.65, so I'm I'm well within uh, normal on that. For narcissism, the mean is 2.97. I'm at a 2.7, and the standard deviation is 2.6, so I'm normal on that. And then psychopathy is a 2.09. I'm a 2.2, so I'm actually a little high on being a psych psychopath. Not horribly high, and again because of the standard deviation of 0.63. I am well within normal range of all these things, which is kind of considering my criminal behavior is kind of interesting. Now, I would say that, again, I want to point out, you know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, right? Because um, I would have expected the, uh, no, nah, I'm not a Machiavelli guy. I would have died. I guess, I guess maybe I would expect the results to be higher than they were. But here's the thing. It's just a tool. 
And the question becomes, is it a, is it a tool or is it something like phrenology? For those who don't know what phrenology is, back in the day, you had a whole bunch of quote unquote scientists that would feel the contours and textures of a person's skull and say that you could, by doing that, you could figure out whether the person were a criminal or not, or any number of other things. And of course, phrenology is quackery. Now, is this quackery? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, using it, and I'm looking at it from a law enforcement perspective, it is a tool, but you got to understand it's a tool, okay? For example, if you're talking about facial recognition, facial recognition is a tool and it's a good one. It's a good one if you're white, because if you're law enforcement and you've got a white suspect you're trying to identify and you put him through a facial recognition database and it pops out somebody, the chances that that white guy is the person that it pops out, pretty damn good. However, if you're a black guy and they put you through that database and it pops out some other black guy that it says it's you, the chances of it really being you, not so good. Matter of fact, pretty bad at that point. But law enforcement is pretty good about using a tool and saying it's the be all end all. That's one of the reasons that people have that, that most parties have problems. Most educated parties have problems with facial recognition. I think this tool is much the same. If, if someone takes the test, so it says it's using it for business. You know, uh, if you're about to be hired or someplace, someone takes the test and say they score high outside of the mean deviation of psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism. It's just a tool. But I, I think that we might be see, I think there's a danger there in a business using that to say, we don't want to hire this individual. Me, for example, former United States Most Wanted, lifetime criminal up until just a few years ago, was very self-centered, had a lot of cognitive dissonance. I mean, a whole history of this stuff. And I'm scoring in the averages of all three of those traits. Again, just a tool. It's not the be all end all of identifying these individuals. I think that you can look at it and it might help shape some things, but I don't think that you can use it to hire or to, you know, say this person is going to be a criminal or disrupt society or anything else like that. I think it's a tool that might give a better understanding. Other than that, I don't think I would want to use it at all to try to judge someone. So that's the dark triad test. Again, I'm gonna have links to the test, the wiki, and a couple of videos talking about the dark triad that you're welcome to look at. I, I, why don't you go over, take the test, see what it says about you. All right, if you're doing it in the privacy of your own home, it's, it's, it's a free test. It's 27 questions. It'll, it'll take a hell of a lot shorter time than it took us to take it on, on the air here. And it, it might, you know, it might answer some questions about you. It might get you to think more about who you are and why you do the things that you do. Just saying. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think there's any harm in doing that. You don't have to share it with anyone. That's the show for the day. I just wanted to do that. And it's kind of interesting, kind of interesting to talk about that. Anyone got any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to leave them in the comments section. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, on Twitter as well. Get up with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if you got any show ideas, any questions, anything else. I'll help you guys as much as I possibly can. You have my word on that. I am Brett Johnson. This is the Brett Johnson Show. What do we say? We say stay safe, stay secure, and stay vigilant. At the end of the day, this is the Brett Johnson Show.
Just do the right damn thing. I'm Brett Johnson. Thank you for watching. Until next time.